Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. everybody welcome to go home bible you're drunk the podcast that your pastor doesn't want you listening to so maybe you should respect his wishes and just turn this off right now i'm tori (laughs) 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 like if you live in florida you're just hearing a long series of beeps you are not hearing this show it has been censored Uh, in the state of florida yeah yeah banned in florida like all u.s history I'm Tori. I'm a former evangelical. And now I have a podcast where I make fun of that stuff. And mm-hmm. um, it's helpful. Helps me process. I also have a co-host. Yes, uh, I'm Justin. I am a pastor that maybe at one point might have warned people not to listen to this show. Mayhaps. I don't know. Actually, I would have probably secretly loved this show as a pastor. <laughs> I think in some ways this was the show i would have liked to have listened to so if you're a pastor secretly listening to this show i see you and i appreciate you i'm glad you're here and if you're here because your pastor told you not to be here even better even better you're doing the right thing so so it's it's holiday ish season ish and we've done is. advent episodes before you can see those you know kind of earlier on in our show's history talking all about the holy spirit coming on mary yeah coming all over mary um (laughs) and 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 you know you can only do that show so many times i feel like and the church does it every year yeah so every year you know come thou fount of every blessing or something or or oh come oh come emmanuel there's a lot of coming um there's a lot of coming (laughs) come lord jesus come so and, and and so we just decide, sometimes we just decide to opt out of that because um, we can. And so we're going to talk about maybe different things. If you want those episodes, they're, they're, they exist to scroll down, you know, I don't know, episode 30 some. Mary, did you know? I don't know. Who can say? I don't know our episode <laughs> numbers. I don't have them pulled up right now. Um, so but I think we wanted to talk about a couple of things because I feel like there's these themes that come up every now and then it's kind of it is it's the it's the Christian liturgical calendar, the evangelical liturgical calendar. And mm-hmm. about this time is when they start doubting the reasons why we deconstructed either it's, you know, we deconstructed to have sex or we deconstructed because we were brainwashed or we were whatever. Uh, you know, there's it's kind of this weird kind of like psychological phenomenon. I think we just wanted to talk about that for the next, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes. Kind of our experience with that and then why maybe speculate a little bit. And it is speculation. We're going to say we're speculating about why they do this. We're not going to say we're not going to make a truth claim and we're not going to pretend like we know their motives like they do. Um <laughs> So insightful speculation is what we'll call it. And then yeah, there we go. Yeah, we'll just kind of go from there. So this this kind of got kicked up, uh, at least in our little corner of the Internet, by a couple of tweets. Uh, and, and honestly, this didn't wouldn't have even catch, caught my notice because most of the time these I just laugh at and move on. But this particular person decided to lift the podcast um, cover art from Blake Chastain, our 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 CEO and Pope of Irreverent Media Group. <laughs> he enjoys being called the Pope, I think, of exvangelicalism. 
<laughs> no, not at all. He's the anti-pope. He's the anti-pope, yes. So, like, lifted his art with no attribution or anything, just kind of put it up there, I guess, to just get clicks and likes. And, and clicks and likes he did. He got. And so this is what this person said. He basically said, ex-evangelicals did not deconstruct their faith because they were presented with a compelling logical argument to do so. Just right out of the gate, like just, I mean, just the confidence of a mediocre white man. Um, And looking at this guy's picture, he feels like if you put in chat GPT, like show me a picture of a mediocre white man, that this this is what you would see, I think. But anyway, I digress. Actually, I'm looking at his picture. I am. It looks like it's been AI generated, frankly, or touched up. Nice, nice. In some ways. <laughs> um, but basically, like they apostatized, you know, and I, I, I will say this. I will give him credit that he is saying apostasy and not heresy. Like, because oh, I'm not know. a heretic. I'm an apostate. Like, get it right. And I, I will say I do appreciate that he is. He did get it right. <laughs> He did it right um, because of their passions and lusts. Like, I, I mean, and, and I have passions and lusts. Everyone does, you know, but right. Yeah. But like I could have fulfilled those in the church quite easily. And folks like um, he who not will be named <laughs> human trafficking gun- scumbag um, <laughs> managed to get a lot of that in the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they wanted sex. They, he, he just kind of goes through the laundry list. They wanted sex. They wanted the approval of color, not color, golly, culture. They wanted the pleasure. And so they deconstruct their faith. You know, basically like they deconstructed so that they could have something that Jesus said no, no to. And that's why they did it. And, you know, I'll admit, like enjoying some pleasures that Jesus said no, no to is a perk. Like, I'll put it out there right now. But that's not the reason I left. I don't know, Tori, is it the mm-hmm. reason that you left? Um, No, I mean, like you have said on the show a million times, like, I've followed Jesus out the door. Yes. <laughs> like, I was like, this doesn't line, like, what I'm being taught and in church and even, even like, beyond that, the behavior and actions that I'm seeing from people who go to church with me when they're not at church, that's the stuff that is pushing me away because yeah, I I mean, I wasn't like, I don't know the passions and lusts and whatever, like weren't on my radar (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I fully expected that like, I would just be a Christian my whole life. Like that was, I wasn't thinking like, Oh, someday I'm going to just investigate this and really get to the bottom of things and then decide if I'm like in or not, you know, like I grew up reading through the entire Bible every year. So, you know, I grew up with, with Bible classes as part of my curriculum, quote unquote, every year, like K through 12. So I had a lot, a lot, a lot of experience reading the actual Bible, having conversations about the actual Bible. Yeah. I think that, and like, I know I've mentioned this when I'm seeing, when I'm, when I'm hearing, when I'm sitting in church and hearing the pastor say like, love your neighbor. And then they're turning around and saying black lives don't matter if you're Mm -hmm. committing crime. Like, okay. So like, which, which is it? Like, do you love Jesus or your politics? And it became very clear that like in word, I think that they like love God, whatever that means. But in practice, they can't practice their Christianity without Americanism. They can't practice their Christianity without capitalism. They can't practice their Christianity without white supremacy most of the time. Mm-hmm. That's not across the board, but it's for many of them. Yeah. And they can't even conceptualize Christianity without Americanness and capitalism. Yeah. And so it, that made it very clear that like I wasn't even wanted in that space. And there's only so long you can ignore not being wanted in a space like that when you were sincerely there and trying to like show up and serve and love people and like, you know, reading the Bible and going to mom's Bible study groups and like, you know, like all doing all of the stuff. If you are sincere in all of those actions and it 
over time becomes clear that you're actually not wanted there. Like you're mm-hmm. a second class citizen. Then like, yeah, I, I think that leaving makes sense. And I'm really fascinated by the fact that pastors like this dude, bro, they, they make these pronouncements about like why, why we left. Right. And they're doing all of this analysis on what they think that we wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they won't talk to us like we're real people because they're too angry to do that. Yes. But in that, like in that pronouncement, like in these pronouncements that they're making, they're not doing any self-reflection at all, right? Like they cannot be wrong. And when you are having a quote unquote discussion with someone who cannot be wrong, you're not having a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. You're being preached at. Yeah. and. Like, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, but I'm not going to listen to you talk because I don't think you as a human have anything of value to say to me about your experience in my church. Like, no, I can leave. Mm-hmm. Like, you haven't locked me in here, thankfully. I'm sure they used to do that. But <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure some of these guys want to. Like, I mean, I, I will yeah. again to give this particular They're person mad. credit because he does kind of mention a little bit about like evangelical hypocrisy, but then he punts straight to like, church discipline like we don't have enough church discipline to oh my god discipline doesn't work and we haven't failed on you know like and that's that's the interesting thing like i think some of these guys will admit like yeah the church has a problem hypocrisy or whatever but it's like we just need to have firmer discipline like the church needs to have more authority in people's lives and more ability to call the shots and more ability Mm -hmm. to like and i'm like we've we've done this before like like medieval Mm -hmm. europe like like the church <laughs> ran the show and and it did not go well. They were not good stewards of the people whose lives they controlled. Like they had to raid the Middle East to find math again. Like you know? Because <laughs> they burned it. Because they yeah, destroyed it. At the stake. You know, the the quote unquote Renaissance was just them finding all the shit they burned hundreds years hundreds of years ago. Like so it's it's interesting that again, like it's you can't speak to them, and that's the problem. Is because I this this thread and every thread like this uh, that I see online, and 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 even the things that I encountered in my professional life as a pastor, like when you start speaking back, they don't know what to do. Like because mm-hmm. I remember thinking, you know, when I was in the church, and I I was I was a pastor on my way out as Trump was kind of ascending, but I was, you know, mm. like in, on my other podcast, Rev Covery, when we, we talked to ministers that have left 2016, 2016 or 2020 are two years that come up for a lot of pastors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember being like, okay, like I have studied the Bible my entire life. Like this is an easy topic to speak to. Like, it is pretty easy to look at Donald Trump and be like, the Bible's pretty clear here that this is not mm-hmm. your dude. Like, and then, or the Bible's pretty clear here that, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe about evolution or whatever. You know, it's like, it's, and you like, I use the Bible to make those points and they look at mm-hmm. you like, you're a heretic, you're insane. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, so like that, I think that was the hard part for me was like, I am using your language. I am, which is because it's my language. I'm using Mm -hmm. your book because it's my book. I'm using your characters, Jesus and all the rest, you know, like, and the parables of Jesus This is like the fucking words of Jesus that I'm using here, you know, to critique capitalism or to say we should help Mm -hmm. the poor, or maybe Mm -hmm. we don't elect a demagogue, you know, like, (laughs) like, you know, a person who like, I mean, I don't just throw the word antichrist around, but like pretty fucking close. <laughs> like, um, yeah. I mean, not like not antichrist in title, but in function In function. Yes. Like opposed to anything semi Jesus like and, and just blank stares, if not outright venom towards me. I was mm-hmm. like, you, you mm-hmm. know, and then it's the same thing about the church. When you critique the church, it's like, your experience doesn't matter, you know, like in this guy, he's like, right. Oh, y'all left for sex. And then, you know, there were several people that are like, um, I didn't like, well, you know, there might be some exceptions. And they're like, well, I don't actually know anyone 
that left for that reason either. Like, and I'm, I'm literally like live in this space, you know? Right. And they're right. like, well, they must be lying to you. Like, like, oh, the, right. like the, yeah. the, you know, or you're lying to yourself, you know, you're deceived, you know, you know, and, or they're like, well, I talked to a hundred people and they all, you know, left for that, you know? Okay. Name names. Yeah. It's like, all right, name a name. <laughs> according to your, according to your, uh, your own little standard that you've set up here. You know, but then they also you move the goalposts because it's like, well, it's, you know, yep. they, uh, well, maybe they, they didn't want to sin, but they w- wanted to be okay with someone else's sin. Like, oh, okay. God. So, all right. So it's like, it's, the, it's like this, these go- an ever moving goalposts. And I, I, again, I, yeah, I deconstructed because I was following Jesus, like mm-hmm. initially, like I, and, and people like, oh, you weren't really following Jesus. No, I fucking was like. I, I, I could run, I can run circles around all these dudes, like yeah, totally. absolute circles in my knowledge and my understanding. And, you know, and they'll be like, well, John Calvin said, I'm like, fuck John Calvin. I'm going to quote Jesus <laughs> at you. Thank you very much. Like, you know, and that, that's the thing. Like they always have to fall back on like Aquinas or Calvin oh, yeah. or, you know, and it's like, all right, and that's fine. I mean, and they were brilliant for their time. Although my favorite Thomas Aquinas story, uh, I may have shared it before here was, and for any Theobros that have just wandered on here, like <laughs> your boy Aquinas, he wrote like Summa Theologica. <laughs> he wrote all these like amazing things. And then he had this like encounter with what he perceived to be the actual God. And then he just stopped writing. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. None of this matters. Like I have had an experience so profound that i'm done like and like the catholic church was asking him hey can you finish the summa and then he's like no I, i'm out like i can't do this so put that mm-hmm. in your little pipe and smoke it like you know <laughs> like most of your boys like they got to a certain age and then put down the pen because they were like what i'm doing is ridiculous and I, right. I think we need more Theobros to realize the ridiculousness of what they're doing. Yeah. Because if you're going to say yeah. you believe in God and actually like examine that concept for a second, like no one cares about your little tower of theology you've built that you can mm-hmm. sell books about. Like it, it's, you know, and again, I'm going to quote Paul, like, you know, you know, all of the mysteries and all the knowledge like and mm-hmm. but you don't fundamentally have love. This is bullshit. Like. And and I'm and I'm I'm tired of these pronouncements about like, well, this is why they left. And they were like, actually, you know, like we have a podcast with over 100 episodes and Blake Chastain has a podcast with over 200 mm-hmm. episodes that can mm-hmm. that tell you exactly why we left. We'll tell you. I will sit down with you and tell you. And they're like, no, I don't believe it because it contradicts right. my theology. And that's where I'm like, you're just, you're foolish. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely, completely agree. I, I mean, I really appreciate what you said about like, they, they keep coming back with whenever we push back on them, the response is like either, you know, you, like you weren't really following Jesus or you're lying or whatever. And it's really interesting that they get to just unilaterally say it like they get to decide if we're lying that's what's really interesting Mm -hmm. about like the the power structure in the church and it kind of like trickles down into the family a little bit right that i get to dictate your experiences to you so if i say you weren't hurt by something i did you were not hurt by it Mm -hmm. because that's my decision it's not your decision and so when we started pulling away from that (laughs) and saying like no, I was actually hurt. So you don't get to tell me that I wasn't because it doesn't fit your narrative. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I think that they're kind of afraid of that, you know? And I think that they do this stuff where they like lash out online because they need attention and they need their ego stroked and they're not used to getting pushback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think especially for pastors now, and Justin, you'd be able to speak to this more than more than I would for sure. But I feel like, you know, for for a lot of pastors now, it's like they are, if they're all the way in on like the politics piece of it, mm-hmm. they're surrounded by yes men. Yes. They're not, they're not 
they're not having conversations that are actually challenging. <laughs> you know, they're not having experiences that make them look at the world a different way because they think that that's sinful. And, you know, I, I think that something that occurred to me recently, and it was, it was in, it was in, it was a response to the current like homelessness crisis that the U S has. And I, we've, if you read about it, we've always had it, but, um, that being said, something something that occurred to me when I was when I was engaging with someone on that issue was that a very simple lens for figuring out if where someone is coming from when they're making these kinds of when they're making these pronouncements about people about a group that they are not a part of, mm-hmm. right? Is all you have to really do is look at their language. Like, are they using humanizing language or are they using dehumanizing language? Right. That's how you can tell because I'm like, I was having a conversation with this one dude and he's like, I really care about homeless people. So I think that sweeps are good. And my friend works as a social worker and like works with these people. And like, she knows that they all are just choosing to be on the street, you know, all of this stuff. And, but then he starts using this incredibly dehumanizing language mm-hmm. <laughs> for like unhoused people. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is where you are, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying that you care about them, but you want to punish them. And I think that I think that a lot of pastors are like this too, especially with us. And I think that they are experiencing a lot of anger that they don't know what to do with because I think that they sincerely felt like their churches were kind of growing, you know, and there was like this whole like mega church thing and like this sort of path that was laid out to like being kind of a popular pastor or whatever, like selling books and like, mm-hmm giving talks and doing whatever the things are, right? There's all this, there's like this path to like pastor fame. And now they're like getting called out on it and they don't have anywhere to put their anger because they can't process it. They can't accept it. And so I think that it just comes out in these really weird sort of, let me tell you what's going on in your life sorts of statements that aren't like, (laughs) they're not based on reality for one, but they're also rooted in this idea of I am a better I am a better analyst of like what is going on in culture than most people and I'm a better analyst of like what or like I'm better at analyzing what's going on within like deconstruction or whatever community they're mad at today mm-hmm. than most people and it's like as a pastor you have far fewer experiences than the average person. So actually you're probably one of the least qualified people to do any sort of analysis here. But again, I think they feel really disempowered. I think that they feel scared and angry. They feel like they're losing. And so they're lashing out. Right. And we, we know that that's what, we know that that's what people do mm-hmm. when they're, when they're feeling that way, when they're feeling threatened, like this is a very simple, like it's a very basic nervous system response rather. And something that we can, you know, it's predictable, but that doesn't really keep it from like, it still kind of stings in a way, even though I feel like I have a lot of snarky comebacks. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that's like, I, I know they're not arguing in good faith. I know that these, right. you know, and, but it's more of a, like, it, it's interesting. And, and we'll talk about this a little more after the break. It's interesting. The solutions they come up with to solve this problem of people leaving and deconstructing typically comes down to like more punishment. Yeah. Like, you know, like we'll keep women in marriages if we ban no fault divorce, mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep people in church. If we teach them church discipline, if we give more church discipline and it's like, that's what you got. I mean, I guess if all yeah. you have is a paddle, everything, every problem looks like an <laughs> ass, but like, <laughs> but <laughs> It's, it's, it's a, it's a very strange thing to me that, you know, like even, you know, this guy, I was kind of like looking at his tweets and he was talking about like, you know, Jesus blessed the entirety of the old Testament. And so like, we should use state power to control people because that's what ancient Israel did. And I'm like, excuse me like (laughs) you know like that's that's not how that works uh, or how that worked but okay but again like you it's interesting because it's like whatever the psychology is and i do want to dig into this a little bit um after Mm -hmm. the break but like whatever the psychology is they can deflect 
any criticism. Because if you're like, okay, like, yeah. but, you know, Paul says that, you know, whatever government is in place is the one that God blesses and that you should submit yourself to that. So like you fully support the presidency of Joe Biden or Barack Obama or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, like we have to rise up. Like, <laughs> okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Like, and, and we have, and we have to set up a Christian government. Like, oh, okay. You know, by hours sitting in the pews, I bet Joe Biden has Trump beat. Like, I'm not even saying Joe, I'm not defending Joe Biden. I'm just saying like, right. I'm talking about Christian values here for a second. He's spent like, way more time like, in church. Yes. <laughs> Certainly knows it's Second Corinthians, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's just it's an interesting thing. So let's take a little uh, capitalism break, uh, then we'll talk about Patreon, and we'll talk about our sponsor for the this uh, episode. And then I, I do want to kind of delve into like kind of the more nervous systemy stuff and and the accusations of brainwashing that we get. And yeah, we'll go from there. So we'll see you. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for taking that little uh, capitalism break with us. Uh, we appreciate uh, you listening to the ads and such. If you want to not have ads or you just want to contribute directly to the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash go home Bible. You can get access to a, an ad free feed of the show. You also get access to our discord channel as well as a few other bells and whistles depending on your tier. Um, and so we're just very excited about this community that we're starting to build and it's a good time. So we have a new patron or two that we want to recognize. Uh, we have uh, Ariana. Uh, they are a new member as a deacon. Uh, so thank you so much for Yay. your contribution. We also have a new youth pastor. Um, this is a username, Gray Magic. So thank you so much for being a youth pastor. If you are youth pastor tier or above, you get a life verse. So it's it's given to you directly by God uh, via your anointed leaders, Justin and Tori. And so Tori is going to use the biblical skill of bibliomancy to <laughs> give it a little avada kedavra, and we're uh-huh. gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna just yeah. like give it a whirl, see what happens. Yeah. Got my got my Bible handy. I started not putting it away, which is weird. <laughs> People come over, but it's just it's for moments like these when we get to give someone. Uh, Bible. Well, when the Holy Spirit gives someone a Bible verse, yeah. let's be honest. So, okay, cool. Great magic. Let's do this. Where are we going to, where's we going to wind up? I don't know. <sighs> okay. Let me see here. Oh, Christmas verse. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so excellent. Luke, I know, right? Luke 151. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Good. All righty. Cool. Excellent. So strong arms Mary, and scattered Mary hearts whatever. to you. <laughs> Great magic. <laughs> the best. The best. I think that was from the Magnificat or whatever. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Needs more playtime in the Christmas season. Oh, come on. It's a lady. Hush. Don't need more ladies in Christmas. The central figure is the baby Jesus, not his mother. <laughs> no women allowed. Yeah. And the men who gave him gifts. So thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate that. So also one more thing we want to plug is that Tori and I and a bunch of honestly amazing people are putting on. All our BFFs. All of our BFFs are putting on a 
little conference called Content Warning. You can check out details at contentwarningevent.com. So yeah, it's going to be in Portland, Oregon, February 17th and 18th. That's President's Day weekend. It's kind of like a post-Valentine's Day. The theme is mostly just kind of a fuck you to purity culture. And so there are podcasters, authors, therapists, speakers, you know, folks that have made a name for themselves in this space, which is just really exciting. Um, And we just want to have a conversation about sex and sexuality and faith deconstruction and really move that conversation forward. Because I think a lot of it's like, we focus on what we came from. And that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's helpful. But also, it's important, we, we, we got to go. So we want to look at like, what does it look like now? What does what does sexual ethics look like now? What is, you know, inclusion look like now? And a lot of different things. What is intersectionality? We're trying to make us as an intersexual, intersec, intersexual, um, intersectional. Well, com- that's fun. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Yes, yes. It is going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. So check it out. Make sure you check it out uh, as soon as possible because tickets, you know, are being sold. And they also, we do um, prices, go, prices up. go up. So yeah, um, so. the longer you wait. So check it out. And if you have questions, let us know. Yes. Content warning event dot com. com. Yes. Cool. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Sweet. Well, we have a sponsor this week. We do. Very exciting. Very exciting. And yeah, no, this is, this is, oh, what is happening? What just happened? I'm not, I'm not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Your camera did that oh, thing that uh, the God. computers do. <laughs> I'm not a cat. <laughs> so good. Please keep this in. <laughs> my screen is doing things in in the recording that i don't know what to do with but i was going to say if you are questioning where you fit in christianity listen up obviously we all know christianity has a history of being pretty pretty toxic pretty abusive sometimes a little murdery so yeah we're we're not sure it has to be that way i think justin and i both completely agree that you Mm -hmm. can do christianity in a way that is like actually that actually loves your neighbors actually Mm -hmm. loves jesus i don't know like so maybe you are like us don't even identify as christian anymore but you still want the spiritual community that you found in church spaces which frankly is really hard to replicate so the our bible app was created for precisely this reason helps you keep your faith ditch the toxicity and the baggage it's just a space where you can explore community grow in community And it's like sex positive and anti-racist and feminist and affirming all of the good things that, you know, Justin and I are constantly striving for when we're like trying to build community in this space. Our Bible app is also that. Mm -hmm. So when you download our our Bible Bible app, go ahead. Had it existed like when I was starting deconstruction or maybe just even when I was a Christian, like 15 years Mm -hmm. ago, like and just like, oh, this is interesting. my life may have been a lot different, you know, Yeah. like had had the Christianity offered to me been one that was inclusive and expansive and interesting and not afraid of questions. Like we'd live in a different world. And I like that our Bible app is trying to create that world. Absolutely. So wherever you, wherever you get your apps, you can just search our Bible app, download, subscribe, ditch toxic theology. And yeah. It's an, it's an app for everybody. It's completely inclusive. So wherever you find yourself on the belief or not belief spectrum, like you will definitely be represented in that space. And the person behind the app is going to be at Content Warning. Crystal. So Yay. yeah, she is one of our collaborators. So very excited to actually meet her in person. IRL. Yeah, the IRL. So you should come hang out with us in uh, in real life too, or on online. Yeah, there is I feel like that didn't get as much of a mention this time. Yes, <laughs> you can also you can also watch you can also stream it and the conference will be set up that way as well. It's not just like somebody's laptop, like we're actually going to set shit up so that you can hear people, you can interact. Yeah, not going to have the people who are watching online be like second class. Yeah, <laughs> in the we're group we're trying to as make much as possible. a very good experience for folks that are trying to for online only for content warning we're yeah accessibility and you know making it available to people at at an amount of quality 
is uh, higher than higher than zero. Higher so than zero. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be like a webcam on a laptop, and then you're going to watch the person hit play like with their big nose, like like right in the front of the camera, and then they walk oh, away. Cam on a laptop. And then, uh, I was thinking we were talking about homemade porn for a second. I was very confused. <laughs> That may brain. that may happen, but it's not a planned event. Um, okay, hold on, like, stop. No, we're not talking about this. No, if it happens, kidding. IRL doesn't not, doesn't matter. It's not, not a part discussed. of. Not a part of. <laughs> it's not going to be online. No. So if you want to come hang out and just see what happens, you can come to Portland. Yes, it'll be cool. But make, make your porn on your own time. It's not what this is. Or get consent and make it with everybody else. Either way. Yeah, but. Not 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 during the live. It's stream. not going to be part of the live stream experience. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> It'll be a quality live stream experience, but yeah, yes, going to try to keep it PG-13. Lots of fucks, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. yes, okay. So I've heard this before, um, yes. where and and this is a phenomenon amongst conservative parents as well. They're like, hey. My son or daughter, I listened to your podcast. My son or daughter went to college. My son or daughter went on Google. My son or daughter has a gay friend, you know, and they got brainwashed. And now they're... They caught the gay. They caught the gay, or now they're a socialist, or whatever. And by socialist, they voted for Joe Biden. Like... Right. You know, in comparison. What do you make of this like brainwashing accusation? What's going on there? That is a great question. And I've been trying to, I've really wanted to talk about this and kind of explore this a little bit because I have seen this as well. There is this really interesting sort of insistence that if you are some, if you were an evangelical and you raised your kids in evangelical, in evangelicalism, now they're grown and they reject whatever it is that you raise them with, that that turning away, whatever in scare quotes, wasn't the result of a conscious decision that was made with thought, right? That was made with consideration, that was deliberated over. It's, oh my God, my child was brainwashed or they mm. were exposed to trans people and now they're trans. Like that bullshit letter we talked about <laughs> last week. Yeah. That there's this idea that for those of us who are raised by evangelicals, they can't seem to grapple with the idea of us choosing something different on our own, right? We had to have been bullied. We had to have been peer pressured. We have had to have been like exposed to the thing. And I'm really fascinated by this because I don't see acknowledgments of from, from evangelical boomers, I guess at this point is primarily what they are. I really don't see acknowledgments of like my kids. I raised my kids the way that I wanted to raise them and they grew up and they chose something else. Mm-hmm. Right. It's always some sort of external pressure. And it's really interesting that, so I, I guess Backing up, what the way that they view us is still is like having no real autonomy, having no real agency, not being able to make decisions on our own, mm-hmm. right? Not being able to do any risk analysis regarding the whole like, oh, you're just left so you could fuck or whatever, right? Yeah. Not being able to make clear headed decisions. And this is just like the default that they're coming at this with, which I, f- I think it's really telling. And I want to kind of explore that because when you are, when you are continuing to engage with your kids who are in their thirties and forties, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like they're three or four or yeah. five and aren't, aren't able to make good decisions, right? Like don't have the capacity to do analysis of, of their situation. They don't have capa- the capacity to ask questions and wrestle with things right it's all just it's all just peer pressure it's all the world it's not a choice that my kid made of their own volition i just it's staggering to me mm-hmm. that people just come to this conclusion and it's 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 like a whole cohort of people right it's not it's not like a handful here or there it's like everywhere 
this is just what, this is just the conclusion that they're coming to, right? Is that we were brainwashed and which again, like if you're calling someone brainwashed, you're saying they don't have autonomy or agency, Mm -hmm. which why is that? Why is that their default position? Yeah. Especially because like, I mean, the evangelical church is kind of culty and kind, yeah. you know, like, and I'm not going to say brainwashing necessarily, but it's just like, it, it uses a lot of cult tactics. Yes. Uses a lot of those tactics to keep people in. So it's interesting that mm-hmm. like they throw that accusation around so freely. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, it's an interesting thing. Like when it comes to like, you, you must've been influenced. Like, well, we're influenced by things, obviously. Like I, I was influenced by the fact that I saw queer people being treated awfully, you know, but like, I, you know, like, and that's, that's not a uh-huh. bad thing. Like, right. you know, like Jesus saw people in distress and went to help them. And when his disciples were like, who sinned to make this person this way? He's like, no, that's <laughs> not how that works. Right. <laughs> Just Nope. Um, so like I, I find that it's it's fascinating to me that it gets thrown around and it, and to your point, like it's 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 yeah, it's a very clear like a way to almost infantilize us or to mm-hmm. you know assume a position of authority like this this guy on Twitter or whatever. Like I guarantee he's younger than me. Like uh, guarantee mm-hmm. he's you know probably ten years younger than me, easily if not more. And and I've seen like you know the and I've seen people that are much younger than me like paternalize me in some ways like mm-hmm. like, right. like excuse me like no sit down like I I want to give like want to just give them that Ron Swanson gift like I know more than you like I <laughs> right. like I, I deconstructed <laughs> in my thirties you know like I I right like and and I I've actually wrestled in some ways with you know because I I think you know if if I had deconstructed at say twenty I the narrative could be like my family forced a faith on me and then when i got out i questioned it and i left like well it's like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was a full-grown adult and fully participating for a long time you know right uh before i eventually did decide that this isn't for me anymore so it's like i i was fully cognizant of my decisions and i made them and i made my choices and so and i did my research and i cared a great deal about this for a long time. I wasn't like, you can't level the accusation that I wasn't saved or something at me or that I didn't understand or that I got brainwashed. Like, no, I just, I, I did my homework as we all should do. Yeah. And I, something that is really interesting is the kind of the logic that they have, right. Is never, they're never, there's never anything new that they can really offer. So when, when you and I, cause you and I grew up like we, well, we both have ADHD. So <laughs> we were mm-hmm. just like, kind of like naturally incredibly overly curious, which is not great for evangelicalism. Just like they're, they're fundamentally like incurious people, which is part of why I think a lot of people who are neurodivergent wash out. But um, Yeah. That aside, right, that we were asking these questions bef- long before we left and we weren't getting answers, right? It was always like, go back to the Bible, go back to praying, go back to fasting. You have some like secret sin in your life somewhere. There were no answers. It was all, it was just like this circular, it was, it, it was this like cognitive cul-de-sac that you're stuck in, right? That there's, n- there's no escape. You can't hop the tracks, <laughs> like... It, do, mm-hmm. it just goes around in a circle and they're telling you that you're getting somewhere, but like, yeah, I mean, and, and like Justin, maybe you feel this way too. I don't know. I'll just speak for myself. When I left, I did not have the tools or the skill set necessary to like be a good friend. I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I yes. was raised in a space where like, the way that you show love is essentially by bullying, right? It's by using coercion or violence, if you're a parent, to get people to act in a certain way, right? So I did not have the skill set to build community. The community was built in in that space. And I think that because we're humans, we automatically find value in that, whether or not we feel entirely included even. But mm-hmm. for me, like stepping out, recognizing like, oh, I didn't have... I didn't have the skill set to like be married because I didn't have, I, I wasn't capable of acknowledging to myself how I felt. 
because again, in evangelicalism, you weren't, you're not allowed to have needs. You're not allowed to have desires. So there's no reason in, to examine that. And I'm still dealing with like, I'm like freaking out because I'm like need, like texting my therapist and going like, I still, when somebody asks me a question that I was not prepared to be asked, I freak out. And my default is to lie because Mm -hmm. my nervous system is like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. I'm just, I need to make something up so that I'm not physically in danger, right? Like my nervous system is still programmed with that garbage. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't like respectfully, anyone who was raised in evangelicalism has some of that because that's how they train you. And undoing that takes so much work and so much concerted effort. Like I I didn't, I wasn't given like the tools and the skills to like be a human person in the world. Right. So now I'm like 39 trying to figure it out with a professional (laughs) because, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know how to be emotionally available. I don't know how to show up when I say I'm going to show up. Like I'm just not used to that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's I'm, I'm used to the shame cycle. And so now I have to build a skill set through failure a lot. (laughs) And I have to like learn, I have to gather new tools because the tools that I was given were all violence essentially Mm -hmm. and coercion, which may be a form of violence. So yeah, it's such a strange thing to be told that like, you didn't think this through by people who aren't capable of a modicum of self-reflection. Cause again, they don't Mm -hmm. have that skill set. Yeah. And and like, I'll say a couple of things. One, we're not just throwing that accusation out there because, I, you know, it, it's interesting. They're throwing accusations out there and then we're like, well, oh, yeah, but you like like that's not what we're doing. Because it's like I this is data like uh, one, we lived right. it. And two, it's like when they are presented with data that contradicts their accusation, they just double down. Like it's like mm-hmm. I, I can I, I've got the receipts for that. But it's also like I, I've noticed this even in my workplace, like because I carried a lot of that, like especially in you know in in, mm. in evangelicalism, this whole like machismo like culture of like being being a hard man or whatever, like you never show weakness, like ever. And I would do that, like I would, you know, if if a project was running late or something like that, like I I would I, I would feel that same feeling you felt, like or, or if I messed up, it was like I have to find a way to to make it seem like I didn't mess up or I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And it was actually it was relatively recently. I remember I noticed this literally today at work. I was in a meeting and and someone asked, hey, did you get such and such done? You know, I was just very honest. I said, no, I didn't. I must have forgotten. Like, and everyone was fine. Like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it wasn't like a big meeting. It was mostly just a meeting of people that, you know, were of my level. You know, I, I might have said it maybe a little differently or more diplomatically if it had been a different context. But it was just it was in a context when I was with I was just with peers and it was like, ah, I forgot, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, it happens. Just wanted to remind you. And it's just it's interesting because I think in evangelical spaces, I found that if you messed up, it was like there is a sin problem in your life, mm-hmm. you know, right. Like, right. wow, you're really forgetful, Justin. Like, that really shows a lack of care on your part, you know? And it's like, well, now that I know the ADHD, uh, know more about ADHD, it's like, it's nothing to do with my caring. If anything, my right. caring makes my ADHD feel, I feel worse about it, you know? It, but it's just like, I'm finding more grace in corporate America than I found in the church. <laughs> like, mm. that's kind of fucked up. Yikes. Yeah. But, uh, but it's also something I I didn't realize how bad it was until I started going to therapy. And until I started having more of these conversations to realize like, if I was brainwashed at all, it was I was brainwashed to think I had to have an answer for everything. I could never show weakness. I could never not have all the answers because we we were told we had all the answers. Like we had the keys Mm -hmm. to life and death, you know, like, (laughs) like every you know what I mean? Like we we had it all. Mm-hmm. You know, we were told this, and honestly, it, it, it a big a big part of my deconstruction was like doing all the things I was supposed to do, and then it just not working. And then I would read like some you know psychology book, or you know at the time cognitive behavioral therapy was helpful for me. Although I'm finding now that it's it. It has its weaknesses as well, but um, it's an imperfect not, tool. But all tools yeah, it's, are imperfect. It's not my so. area of expertise. 
So I won't, I won't say much <laughs> other than just it was, it was, it was helpful for a season. It and, can be helpful for a season. Absolutely. And I, yeah, yeah, I think that's very true. I just, I'm fine. I was like, I'm finding a lot of answers outside of the Bible, <laughs> you know, like, and it's just, it's, it's, and honestly, the, I was listening to the, um, if books could kill episode on the, the book, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, which was a great, it was a great episode. I, and I re- remember reading the book, but I, I remember struggling with the book in the, this, in the same way that I struggle with the Bible in the sense that like, mm. The subtle art of not giving me a fuck. I'm not going to recommend it, but it's essentially the 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 ultimate advice is like, we'll just give less fucks about things that don't matter. But it's like, that, oh, thanks. That's not actually good advice. Like, Fold it might feel cheese. good to appreciate it, Mark. Yeah, ex- <laughs> yes, exactly. Appreciate that, you know, and it, it might feel good to even read that. You know, I think that's what most of the self-help right, books fair. are. It's like, it feels good to read. But like when you try to put it to feel validated. Yeah. But when you actually try to put it in practice, you're like, wait a second. There's a lot more to just not giving a fuck than Mm -hmm. just believing hard. And like, and that's, that's, you know, the Bible, like, oh, just trust God. Like, okay. In what way do I do that? (laughs) You know? And again, in a sermon, it feels good. Oh, trust God. That feels good. You know? But then like, Mm -hmm. you know, by Sunday afternoon, I'm like, how, how do I do that again? And so I just found that, you know, and I, I, I did, I learned a lot from Buddhism. I learned a lot from, you know, like a much more graphic, I feel like grounded spiritual practices than I ever did from evangelical Christianity. And it's, it's just interesting that like the, 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 the pitch, we have the answers for everything mm-hmm. and we have the answer for why you deconstructed. We have the answer for how to keep you in the faith. We have the answer for how the woke leftists are brainwashing you, you know, and then you're like, all right, well, give me the answer. And then they like, we'll just believe. (laughs) Oh, wait, we need church discipline. Just believe or we'll punish you. Like, Uh I'm sorry, that doesn't work. Yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't. And I think, I think you hit on something that kind of connects back to this thing that I've been talking about and writing about and like posting about <laughs> everywhere <laughs> is like this, this lack of this, the skills and like the skill set and tools that we need to be people who are like accountable for our own actions and behavior, right. Instead of hiding it and like hiding our imperfection. Right. It, b- because in evangelicalism, you get the like, Oh, just trust God. Like just, give it to God that like Mm -hmm. the answers are in the Bible. But then, like you said, when it's like, okay, but, but what is this? What's that skill set? What is that tool that I'm applying to giving it to God? Right? Like what tool do I need to do that? Like, what's the skill set I need to do that? They have nothing, right? It's a, it's like Mm -hmm. a one layer cake. Like there's nothing deeper there. (laughs) And like they use they use that trusting God thing. We've talked about this before, but they use the, the like trusting God, give it to God. Like let, like we've, we've talked about how that hindered us as people, right? Yes. Because there's no, there's no reason to take initiative. There's no reason to do anything. There's no reason to change things, right? You get coded to not change, to not push back because God is going to do the thing. God is going to take care of it. You just have to trust. You just have to believe. You just have to like do X, Y, or Z things and the really difficult parts of life will just get handled. You know, God will just manage that for you. And when he doesn't, again, it's like you're back you're back on the same track in the same cul-de-sac just going around and around. It's like you have unconfessed sin in your life. You need to fast more. You need to pray more. It's like there there's never anything there. They're never giving you tools to move to a better space. I shouldn't say never, but like overwhelmingly evangelical churches do not give you actual skills that you can use out mm-hmm. in the world other than like yeah, I, not feeling bad about singing on an airplane or something. Yeah. Near the end, I worked really hard to try to give my last position was in uh, student ministry. And like, I worked really hard to try to give them practical tools just to like live mm-hmm. their lives, you know? But I got flack for that, interestingly enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's like they need to learn how to sleep. Like, mm. you know, this is going to solve 90% of their spiritual problems if they just got rest. Yeah. So, 
So let's talk about anxiety. Let's talk about willpower, how it's really not mm. a thing. And let's, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and just like, let's talk about setting your life up in ways that actually help you live, you know, because like, you know, you know, you got kids just saying, oh, I really struggle with, you know, anger. Like, okay, like, how's your sleep? Well, what's my sleep have to do with it? Like, well, I'm sleeping about two hours a night. Like, yeah, I'd be angry too. All the time, you know, (laughs) maybe put your phone away, you know, Mm -hmm. like, why don't you like, you know, if you're going to look at, you know, all of them were like, well, you know, like, like 4am, I like look at porn on my phone or okay, well, look at porn on your phone at like 10pm. And then put it away. Like, you know, right. Yeah. Something like, don't don't wait till (laughs) 4am. Um, so, which is, I didn't actually say that to any kid, but I'm you know, thinking it like, like, you know, I gotta wait till mom and dad are well asleep. Like, mm-hmm. They won't mm-hmm. hear you. So yeah, get, get some sleep, you know, and, but like, yeah. I, I would get like flack for that because it was, you know, oh, you can't like, you know, you're not teaching the word, you know, like, well, I am like, I'm just, right. know, I'm also trying to add some tools to it because you know this is mm-hmm. this is a tool free book there's no tools <laughs> um, you know there wouldn't be christian bookstores i mean they don't really exist anymore but there wouldn't be christian bookstores if there were tools in the bible exactly if it was if it was you know like and that's the thing they're like oh it's the one-stop shop like okay look at your motherfucking bookshelf like like it's full of stuff that you need to supplement this book. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. So, yeah, it's 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 not a brainwashing thing. It's 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 more of just a like they don't have answers, um, and or the answers that they have no longer fit what's happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I was Definitely. told if I train up a child in the way that they will go, they will not depart from it, and so. I trained them up in the way they should go and well, they've departed. So it must've been the devil swooped in because <laughs> the problem can't be me because I did all the right, right things, you know? Right. Like right. if a parent tells me I did all the right things and they're like adamant about that guarantee they fucked their kid up like in mm-hmm. some very profound ways. Like mm-hmm. I, I will not, I, I, I can say it right now. I have not done all the right things by my kids and I only have like my oldest is 10 you know but like I have not done all the right things I tell them I've when I've screwed up Mm -hmm. you know like my goal is to like be mentioned in their therapy as little as possible like Mm -hmm. but I will be mentioned you know I'm gonna come up yeah and you know to to contribute as little as possible to their future therapy bills is the goal for me (laughs) like so yeah, if you get someone that's like, I never did anything wrong. I did all the right things. Like, right. You didn't. It, and it's okay. You can admit that. Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is a safe space. Which is why they're leaving. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I did not have that. So yeah, I, it, it, this, I feel like this is a fascinating thing. We'll probably come back to a few times simply because it's, it's one it's perennial it just keeps coming up but mm-hmm. also i i i want to also encourage folks to be like when you hear this it, I, I you you know you mentioned earlier it does kind of like still kind of sting a little mm-hmm. and i i want us to all relax like you, you know if you left like likely you put a lot of thought into that mm-hmm. and you probably agonized over it or if you didn't agonize over it and you didn't put a lot of thought in it, like that's okay too, for one. But likely right. in that scenario, you had something truly awful happen to you and you mm. just had to get out now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and none of those scenarios is trivial. None of those is just for pleasure. Although leaving just for pleasure would be a valid reason to leave. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm like, like I kind of reject the premise that that's not a valid reason to leave. But also, that's not a reason why any of us left either. Right. But but also, like, if you're in a pleasureless environment. Yeah. Like, you should go. <laughs> like, it's just not pleasant to be there. And they won't let you have any pleasure in your life. Like, yeah, you should probably leave. And that's okay. That's all I got. I think so, that, I think um, you're absolutely right. 
I hope that whatever this month brings you, you have a pleasurable month in whatever way you celebrate it or not celebrate it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.